there's all kinds of uh, sayings in our our common uh, our common culture about blood and uh, what it means when we interject, you know, the concept of blood within a relationship or a statement. You know, uh, there's a lot of blood and sweat that went into, you know, the this or that or the building of this, etc. You know, we know what that means. Um, you know, when speaking about a particular relationship, well, he's he's a blood brother. He's like a blood brother to me. We know what that means. An intensity of relationship, or um, you know, blood is thicker than water. Right? I mean, we know what that means. Again, it's it's that family is more important than anybody outside of the family, and family always sticks together. Um, so, this idea of blood and the power of blood and the intensity of blood and sort of the the promises that are made because of blood is something that's been a part of our culture, culture for centuries and centuries. And there are two particular events in the life of the Israelites that we should know, I mean, we should have an understanding sort of as Catholics, and, and we should be able to tell a little bit about those scenes. All right, now the first one is about Passover. Remember when the Israelites were uh, in Egypt, and they're enslaved in Egypt, and then, you know, the whole story of Moses. God sends Moses to Pharaoh, let my people go. You've probably seen the movie, a few movies on it, right? Let my people go, sends all the plagues. They don't persuade Pharaoh to let his people go until the last, the angel of death is sent to kill every firstborn male, you know, man and beast alike in the land. And then after that happens, Pharaoh finally figures, you know, I better let, let those people go because they're just too, too much trouble. But Passover, remember that what the Israelites were told is the angel of death is coming this night. And so, so that the angel of death will pass over your house, what you are to do is to gather together, eat an unblemished lamb, and slaughter it and take its blood and put it on the doorpost outside and then the angel of death will pass over your house and your firstborn will not die. Right? We should know this. We, we should have this event in our memory because the, the Israelites then every year would commemorate Passover. Right? They would commemorate this event where they were passed over, you know, they were spared death and it and it, it brings with it not just that event of, of the sparing of the death of their firstborn, but also their, uh, their exit from Egypt, right? Their exit from slavery, their salvation from Pharaoh. So that's the first event of blood. The second event of blood is uh, from our first reading. Our first reading happens right after Moses explains to the people about the Ten Commandments and the Law of the Lord. All right? He's, he's up on Mount Sinai. He receives those commandments. And then he tells the people, these are the commandments the Lord wants you to follow. So the Lord has brought them out of Egypt. They're in, you know, they're in the Sinai Peninsula. He goes up on Mount Sinai and is given the law. And the Lord says, I want you as my people to follow this law. And the people respond, we will do all that the Lord has commanded. And then Moses takes blood, slaughters more animals, takes blood, erects an altar, 
and sprinkles the blood on the altar and the blood on the people. And he makes a covenant. This is a covenant. Not just a contract. This is a covenant. It's about the heart. Right? It's about the heart that, that recalls that these people are God's people. And this God is, is, the, is the God of these people. It's an intimate relationship that is established between God and his people. All right? The sprinkled blood is what makes that covenant real. It's what affects it. Okay. So remember those two things. The gospel. Right? The, the disciples, where do you want us to prepare the Passover? So we're at the, the Passover feast. Right? So every year they do this. Every year they commemorate the Passover when they were spared death. The, the firstborn were spared death and they were released from Egypt. And so they prepare for the Passover and all the disciples, you know, the 12 come and they're thinking just, you know, we've done this every year of our lives. Nothing new is going to happen. Just the regular old Passover meal. I mean, it's a sacred thing, but it's just, you know, they're nothing out of the ordinary. But then Jesus does something different. He takes the bread. Right. And they always used unleavened bread. Why did they use unleavened bread at the first Passover? Because they were to use bread as though they were in flight. They didn't have time for it to raise because they had to leave the next morning. So they had to make the, the fresh bread. They couldn't allow for it to, to rise, right? It was unleavened. So the Lord takes unleavened bread. He breaks it and he says, this is my body. And you can imagine the disciples saying, wait a second. He just, he just changed something. Something's different. And then he takes the cup filled with wine and then this, this is what clinches it and explains to them what he's doing. He takes a cup filled with wine. He says, this is my blood of the covenant. And for every single Israelite, when they're celebrating Passover, for him to say, this is the blood of the covenant, my blood of the covenant, they're going to immediately think, like Moses, from Sinai, the covenant between God and his people, the sprinkled blood of the animals, that sealed that covenant. That's what he's talking about. But he's doing something different because he's saying it is my blood that will seal this covenant. And so the, the disciples, no doubt, perfectly understood that he was changing something in the ritual here. And they understood this so well that the early Catholics, there were only Catholics at the beginning. The early Catholics continued to perform this ceremony. Right? This is my body, this is my blood. And in fact, they spoke of it so clearly that they were consuming the body and blood of the Lord that the Romans thought they were cannibals. They were accused of cannibalism because they were so clear in their understanding right from Jesus. It wasn't some later development of theology. It was right there at the beginning. They understood that Jesus was taking the place of all those animals which could never take away sin. They could seal a covenant but they could, their spilled blood could never take away sin. It was the blood of Jesus on the cross that took away sin. It is the blood of Jesus on the cross that is the sign and the reality of the new covenant. His blood spilled, shed for us, which is the new covenant. And this new covenant is given for us. We are the Lord's people. We are his people. And so every time we come forward, every time we celebrate Mass, we are saying, once again, I commit to this covenant. I am a part of this covenant. 
I am one of your people, and I desire for this covenant to transform me as I receive the body and blood of the Lord. I desire for this Eucharist to change me, just as the body and blood have been changed, or the, the bread and the wine have been changed into the body and blood. So, Lord, I desire for you to change me. How many times? How many times? Priest and laity alike. How many times have we received the Holy Eucharist and maybe just sort of gone through the motions? Maybe we haven't caught ourselves in time. We just received the body and the blood somewhat, maybe not casually, but just sort of going through the motions. And the, the difficulty with that is it's still the body and blood of Jesus. But the fruit of the sacrament cannot come alive in our souls. Grace builds on nature. Grace perfects nature. The grace in the sacrament cannot affect our nature if we are unwilling to allow it. it, it we keep it at bay. And so what I invite you to do tonight as we come forward, as we celebrate the most holy body and blood of, the, of our Lord, is to renew your commitment to, to being one of God's people, one of the chosen, one of the elect. And as you receive the Holy Eucharist, receive it anew. Receive it as though for the first time. And ask the Lord to transform and to heal you. Please stand.